What's up, everyone? This is Must Go Faster, a pop culture podcast for the people. I'm your co-host, Ben Breitlinger, broadcasting from Brooklyn. And out in Long Beach, California, having just appeared through a mysterious portal of time and space, I'm Robert Denfeld. So in this episode, we are assembling and breaking down Avengers Endgame. Had to, had to yes. get a cheesy pun out of the way already. Nice. So... Spoilers beware. I, I want to say that in like the opening seconds, like we did for our recent or our last podcast where we broke down us. Yeah, we're gonna really spoil the hell out of out of this thing. Uh-huh. And you know, we're recording this a, a, a little bit, uh, you know, after it's come out. We imagine right. by the time we release this, most of you who have any general interest in yeah. the MCU or pop culture, or these kinds of movies have seen it. If you haven't so, seen it yet, you um, probably aren't gonna see it. So I think we're pretty safe. Right, and it's just going to be mainly Avengers talk on this pod. Yeah, uh, we think it's it's warranted given that it's kind of the accumulation of these eleven years. Yeah, one of the biggest and movies. It, of all it kind time. of deserves its own its own moment. Um, and I just really quick wanted to say, if you're listening right now, and you haven't rated or reviewed us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to your pods, give us a quick rating and review. It takes thirty seconds. Yeah, it really helps us out in spreading the word, and we would greatly appreciate that. So thanks in advance. Having said that. Let's let's just get into it. Uh, so, Avengers Endgame is directed by the Russo brothers, who uh-huh. notably directed uh, Captain America: Winter Soldier. They mm. did Captain America: Civil War, and then last year's Infinity War. They, I believe yeah. they shot Infinity War and Endgame all at once. I think it was like a yeah. two hundred day shoot, pretty much. Right, yeah. yeah, that's what I've heard. And and all four of those and, movies, like four of the biggest budget, or I'm sorry, budget and grossing movies of all time, which is pretty yeah. remarkable. The Russo brothers are um, rich. Yes, <laughs> quite rich. <laughs> and, and to that point, it's no surprise, but Avengers Endgame had uh, officially the biggest opening weekend ever with $1.2 billion internationally. That's a lot. I saw all these people die. keep telling everybody they should move on some do but not us so what were your immediate reactions upon leaving the theater rob i know you saw it a few days after opening weekend yeah um, because of some scheduling mishaps i saw it on the saturday night of opening weekend but i imagine you still were in a a bus theater but what were your kind of immediate reactions of this three-hour epic upon, yeah. upon leaving. I mean, I saw it, I don't know, five days after it came out or six days, and even still, we had to push our, our screening back an hour because the 9 o'clock show was all full, so we went to the, the 10 p.m. show, um, and yeah, I mean, the, the theater was buzzing. It was pretty full. I think I think almost entirely full. Um, you know, there were... It's it's one of those movies that the the crowd has a big uh, relationship with, and oh, yeah. people are really reacting in the theater. And there's a lot of noise and laughter and cheers. Um, I'm sure you experience yeah. the same thing. Oh yeah, I'll, I'll get into that. Uh, yeah, with the audience, <laughs> which I really enjoy. I actually yeah, it's it, cool. It Enhance the the viewing for me. I think totally, and it it should be fun like that. Like these movies are not so serious i mean there are like death is a big theme but um you know they're they're comic book movies and they're they're meant to be fun and enjoyed um so so it's cool to be in that environment but um 
full disclosure, I was super tired during my screening. Uh, you know, we went to dinner before I had a beer. Um, I'm on a very tight schedule. Like I'm in a dark room. Uh, I'm prone to like doze <laughs> off. Maybe <laughs> I, I, I may or may not it's have a three hour film. Yeah. I, I, you may have to like fill me in on a couple scenes that I may or may not have dozed <laughs> off during, out. um, you know, some of the logistical time travel elements I'm a little fuzzy on. I just kind of, uh, accept- I think people that have seen, <laughs> seen this movie 10 times already are still a bit fuzzy on the logistics of (laughs) right so So, yeah i mean (laughs) it was uh it's it's a fun time it's a three hour 59 second movie um there's a lot going on a lot of characters a lot of you know reunions or what have you um so yeah what was your theater experience like well, yeah, it, it was packed given that it was it was Saturday night. I saw it at the uh, the Brooklyn Nighthawk, the part the Prospect Park Nighthawk, one of my nice. favorite theaters. Uh, it's actually they don't have um, reserve advanced reserve seating there, oh, so risky. Uh, my buddy John and I got there literally like two hours before, or like yeah. an hour and a half before the screen, and people were already lining up for it. Huh. And we were able to get like a a um, seat front. Uh, front center uh-huh. and like how front like are we talking front uh, row yeah, or? like a little bit yeah a little bit um not like in the exact middle maybe a little bit closer which i kind of prefer but like mm-hmm. you know four rows back oh that's nice and pretty much in in the center yeah and so the, so the screen really takes up your entire peripheral vision oh, yeah, and i was you're in just, you're in it yeah i was in endgame you're um, bucky barnes for a few uh, so, hours <laughs> i think that this movie like I, I I was extremely satisfied by it. I think there's a lot of fan service, but it really just kind of delivers what you what you want. And hmm. I I really liked it more than I thought it would. Even at three hours, it felt it felt like an earned three hours. I mean, yeah, of hmm. course they could probably chop out like fifteen twenty minutes there. But you know, when you it's interesting. Like when you know going into something that it's going to be three hours i just was able to kind of set my expectations of like okay this is going to be a marathon and let's just settle in and let it wash over me and it didn't really because my expectations were set so clearly i wasn't really bothered by the runtime and i was really just like in the moments after it ended just marveling pun intended over how (laughs) much of an achievement this entire mcu has been and look i'm pretty lukewarm on i'd say like 75 percent of these these mcu movies i don't think there's a single like great movie in the bunch but it's Mm. undeniable what what they've pulled off i mean everything has been building this moment since 2008 with iron man which the first iron man is definitely one of my favorites Mm -hmm. um me too you have these 11 years 22 movies right this was the wrap-up of phase three with endgame and just like if you just take a step back and try to imagine like pitching this kind of vision in like any other endeavor. Mm-hmm. It's like you're say you're like you know an artist and you're like yeah I want to put out uh 22 albums over the next 11 years but they're gonna be the biggest thing in pop culture over the next decade or it's like you work you know I have this marketing project I want to execute but it's gonna take me 11 years to finish yeah. but it's gonna change the entire industry you know right. it's like in in Kevin Feige the producer or um uh, or he's the uh, executive what is he president president yeah president president. of of marvel yeah yeah it was ultimately i think his vision and you know just imagine this like this pitch like if if you know when he's you know trying to get funding for this it's like Mm -hmm. 
have like basically every single one of these 22 movies appeal to so many groups of people. It's like the hardcore fans of the comics, mainstream audiences all around the world of all ages and like every demographic movie critics, like every, yeah. I mean, there hasn't been like a critical bomb. Like obviously there's been ones that are, um, you know, less praised than others yeah. by the critics. Thor but in the general, Dark World, like, yeah. Yeah, but in, in general, I want to say like the average Rotten Tomato score of these movies is like 85% Oh yeah, solid 80s, and then I'd say. It also gets like more kind of like nerdy film fans, like right. you and I who aren't like the comic book genre isn't our favorite, but we still see like almost every one of these movies every weekend. I mean, every opening weekend when they're mm. out. And it's... That's just crazy to appeal to like that those many different types of groups of like moviegoers. It's a broad audience, and just yeah. like the eleven year vision, and, and it's it's just when you think back, like this decade in film will hundred percent be defined. Oh yeah, by Marvel. the MCU more than anything. Like yeah. that's just the reality. What they pulled off, it's never really been done before, and yeah, it, it, at this scale and scope, in particular with the comic book genre. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, just wanted to kind of like shed light on on just what an achievement that is yeah just the scope of uh what we're dealing with and i mean it's our entire adult life basically has been you know uh these movies have been a part of it we were in undergrad yeah no it was in between freshman sophomore year that iron man came out iron man yeah so i mean before we really knew each other yeah our college experience you know uh you know I did, it didn't center around Marvel movies, but we, we saw probably <laughs> five or six during college and then, uh, you know, our, our whole life since then. Um, so, yeah, I mean, how many of these movies have you seen, would you say, out of the 22? Do you have a number? I, I want to say like 17 or 18 out of the oh, 22. Oh, that's more seen, than like, I haven't seen. I haven't seen like Thor The Dark World, which is yeah. kind of generally considered the worst. Uh, like. Guardians of the Galaxy 2, haven't seen Ant-Man 2. It's mostly kind of like some of the sequels. I've seen uh, all the major tent poles. Yeah. Um, haven't seen Age of Ultron, which I've just heard is bad, and I'm like, why do I want to spend my time? Yeah, I saw but, that one in the theater, and it was kind of a mess to me, and I, I yeah, have yeah. never watched it again. I haven't seen Captain Marvel, which, uh, based on her showing in this film, I'm not too <laughs> upset about. Um, you know, I haven't <laughs> seen Ant-Man. And, that. I actually haven't seen Ant-Man and the Wasp either, um, and Thor The Dark World. Uh, yeah, there's a few. I, th- I think I've probably seen about 15 of the 22, maybe 16. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, of course, the the Edward Norton Hulk movie is also considered yeah, that's uh, canon. <laughs> yeah, so that's that's kind of interesting. He's the one major character who was recast during, during the run. Um, so, yeah, and I think uh, just based on your reaction to this film, I think satisfied was a choice word. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I've been listening to some podcasts about this movie and and reading articles, and and that seems to be the general consensus. It's like, yeah, you know, it, it did what it had to do. It it satisfied viewers. It satisfied you know fan service. Uh, right. You know, we saw what we wanted to see. Everyone came back together. There were some deaths. Uh, you know, some send offs. <laughs> some. Uh, you yeah, know, I mean, I think, I, think super... I think there there needed to be some deaths to satisfy the oh, audience. Like, I mean, it was it was all kind of title. Yeah, it was yeah. building to this. Uh, it's no secret, you know, some of the actors, uh, you know, weren't quite too thrilled to keep doing these for the rest of their career. You yeah, know, yeah, so yeah. Um, it, it made Tony sense. Tony Stark that... has been in, I think, eleven. <laughs> yeah, been, it's like nine like or ten. Marvel yeah, movies, yeah uh, a lot of them. Uh, you know, Robert Downey Jr. Yeah, I think I was uh, generally satisfied. I think I 
definitely Infinity War to me is a far better film if you want to look at it that way between these two, you know, kind of one long six hour movie. Um, I I much more enjoyed uh, yeah, I know Infinity you're War. Infinity War. Yeah, that might be Infinity my War favorite. Stand. That might be my favorite Marvel movie. It is kind of so it's tough. I've heard the comparison made of like that's kind of the Empire Strikes Back of this world in a lot uh-huh. of ways, and uh-huh. especially with the way it ends with the the snapshot and Thanos being this prominent villain and character, and definitely the most well developed uh, villain throughout right. this entire MCU. I do think it's like you can't overstate how much of a challenge it like. Just saying, like, it's satisfied, like, to pull all those threads together and right. have, like, so many characters involved and really, like, I mean, just think of all the movies that precede it, it, it to make it, like, very satisfying and fan mm-hmm. in a way that didn't really piss off a lot of people and everyone seemed to mostly enjoy, I think, is is uh, pretty <laughs> just miraculous, like, yeah, in, and in a way. I mean, as far as these things go. To make a so, scene with Hawkeye and Black Widow compelling is an achievement on its own. Yeah, I'll, uh, I'll get to my... my Hawkeye disdain in a little bit so <laughs> yeah. I, and I think you could almost watch this movie like standalone and, and understand so much of the MCU like it it, val- mm-hmm. it for me it like validated like all the movies proceeding in a way like the song mm-hmm. of its part I maybe wanted to go back and watch them I almost started to think of these not even as movies but as like TV episodes in each phase yeah. and like the end of a season because there's kind of these um it all accumulated into into this and there are these 10 moments throughout these mm-hmm. three phases and yeah it, it, it kind of just like made me recalibrate like even think of these as like you know movies they're all like a piece of this this ultimate vision and universe and right anyway um well i've heard i've into... heard the next spider-man is also considered phase three and that will be the last movie of phase oh, three yeah, yeah. i don't know right, i don't know summer. what you know kind of how you define that or whatever but yeah we are entering a new uh, phase here pretty soon of of the MCU and I think it's kind of this movie all the build up all the you know culmination of these storylines and characters I don't think this sort of movie will happen again for quite some time just because you have to build up to it you have to earn the <laughs> you need to earn years. the space <laughs> for it and and kind of yeah. uh, build up the the story itself and um you know the fan sort of involvement in in the storylines but um and and with Disney Plus coming out and Marvel of course being a, a Disney owned empire um you know a lot of these characters i think are going to be moving to a television sort of rollout and mini series on the Disney yeah, Plus these service yeah second tier characters yeah yes and you know uh thor at the uh, you know Thor Lebowski at the end of this film, uh, you know, hopping on the ship with the Guardians. Right. Uh, that's going to be together. Yeah, there's yeah. going to be like these team movies more than these standalone, you know, Hulk movies or uh, you know Iron Man yeah, Four think, or whatever. I think Black Panther and Spider Man will kind of carry the future as uh, as actual films, and they're going to build out their own trilogies there, of course. And I think yeah. those are going to be the two like temple heroes where kind of these more second tier characters you're going to see kind of uh, uh, delegated into uh, the Disney plus streaming universe and and things like that. Um, Do you want to get like specifically into Endgame? Like I kind of wanted to start like on like the movie itself, the cold opening, you know, surprisingly starts with Jeremy Renner, Hawkeye. Right. And who is not in infinity war. 
Yeah, was was he not at all? I, I believe think, right? not. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I, I I haven't watched Infinity War again in a while, but I I heard that he's not in it, and I think that's correct. So yeah, right, right. What I enjoyed about this scene is that it really, you know, it gave the snap the snapshot as an easy way to sum it up, like greater context, and it was very in this kind of grounded reality of like see you know showing what happened yeah in a very like domesticated right situation He's, practical like, sense. with his wife and kids they're on yeah. like, a tire swing and they're cooking out and then mm-hmm. like to have them just vanish it made you his kinda, entire family kind of yeah drove home like the stakes here in a way and i, right. I thought it was um it was it was, a, it was it was a very effective cold opening yeah it was well shot as a you know touching sequence and then that that goes right into the credits the traffic song which was really nice and uh you know kind of gave you this yeah like, yeah what was that t- down home i, I don't yeah. i don't think i i didn't heard. look up the title of the song i know it's by traffic um sure it's gone like you know it, it, the streaming of that song oh yeah 200 oh yeah it's at a billion streams on spotify yeah so the, the members of traffic uh i don't know who they are yeah, but they're, they're getting those they just those bought a new house checks. <laughs> yeah. Checks. yeah yeah, yeah. They, they just retire i mean they're probably whatever yeah um so i was i was expected that you know thanos Thor levels him with his hammer. Thanos drops dead, like basically twenty mm-hmm. minutes in, and then we we jump ahead five years later. That was yeah. kind of an unexpected path. He went straight that for the I head. Did not did not see coming. Um, but you know, just kind of the way the story unfolds, it yeah, it, it kind of you know it made sense. And I saw an interview with um the writers saying like you know Thanos is tricky because he has like this power that's just like it's so unfair. Like what mm. he just when he has all the infinity stones like there's mm-hmm. how can you even defeat him and, and it presented a challenge in like the writer's room of like okay how do we where do we kind of go from here like how how do we just handle this you know because he's like right. this omnipresent like just undefeated unstoppable <laughs> yeah force villain. well and it's kind um, of strange yeah. be- it's strange because he you know he got his head lopped off by uh thor there but you knew he was coming back in this movie sure it he, wasn't like, like he's not yeah. gone yeah like we've got of two course, hours and 45 minutes yeah the time right travel element was clearly going to be a factor and everyone knew he was going to be back in the movie and you know josh brolin's performance is really strong as um yeah. Thanos being the villain and and Brolin's performance together kind of added this like layer of sort of humanity to this character that could have been just sort of like this trope and uh, more of like a figure for the elements of power. But uh, he actually had like some depth to him as a character, which I think made both oh, totally. of these movies much more uh, fulfilling and, and interesting to watch. Yeah, and despite being kind of this purple cgi gorilla looking figure he seemed right. very kind of like human in certain ways and yeah, you can definitely. really tell that it's it's josh brolin and like his just the face and the mouth and obviously right. the voice i think um, even more yeah, in this one it seemed i don't know yeah for sure although you know we don't especially compared to infinity war which is like 
Thanos's movie. Like we don't mm-hmm. see too much of Thanos in this one. And I get right. it. Like it's more about the avenged and these heroes and the send offs of, you know, these characters that we've spent the last 11 years with like Iron mm-hmm. Man and Captain America. But I do kind of wish there was a little bit, maybe a little bit more Thanos overall. Yeah. You know, you alluded to in the beginning, one of the kind of common critiques that's come out is the, the time traveling logistics of the, the second act. Mm-hmm. And it's definitely, I'm not going to try to defend it. Like it's incoherent and complicated <laughs> when you try yeah. to analyze it or not even analyze it, but you're just like kind of watching or like, what the hell is this? Yeah. But f- for me, it was like, they established the baseline mission so clearly, which is mm-hmm. to like go back in time to retrieve these infinity stones and reverse mm-hmm. the rapture and, you know, return the other 50% of these people that have vanished from earth. Like the stakes are so clearly defined and they're so high that I just made me kind of in- enjoy it, the journey and like look past these logistics not making sense. Totally. I mean, I, I think at some point the two writers at, uh, you know, were working on the practicalities and logistics of the time travel elements. And they're just like, you know what? No one gives a shit. Like <laughs> they just want to see T'Challa and Shuri and Spider-Man emerge from, you know, the past or whatever death and they'll be happy. You know, like <laughs> it just doesn't matter. Yeah. The time travel, like time travel is not real people. Um, n- no matter what, I mean, we can get into like the quantum physics you're attack- of, you're attacking the time of Einstein. Truthers. Yeah. Like yeah. it's, it's theoretically plausible, but it hasn't, been done that we know of so (laughs) i mean like let's just i i think the to try to like break down the time travel you're just putting yourself in for a migraine um and it's just not worth it in and of itself time travel is like makes no sense so it's like it's hard to to really uh you know have it be that way in a movie like this that's a comic book movie and everything is kind of fictional (laughs) i did think it was a very effective storytelling technique with the time travel of going back into the past films, like it kind of re- make, make, made me like reappreciate the scope of the MCU. And it was fitting to do that in this end game movie. That's the accumulation of all these things. And, mm-hmm. you know, I, I like seeing like, you know, they, they do a, a replica of the scene of winter soldier where they're in the elevator. And I actually watched winter soldier about a week ago. And like, literally like, every single detail is is like almost exactly the same obviously there's differences with like the different captain america and stuff but Uh you know and then you had like the the captain america the cap versus cap like hand-to-hand combat fight which was which is pretty cool to see and you had that incredible comic uh delivery of the line oh that's america's ass right which is like that's just that was hilarious and a lot of ass talk yeah and i mean yeah uh, it was interesting that I mean, that was an element that I really liked about the movie is that they're going back, the they're referencing. No, no. <laughs> well, I mean, whatever. Uh, he must work out. Yeah. Um, no, it's yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, but yeah, just going back into various movies throughout this uh, twenty-two movie run was interesting. It's like a you know looking at themselves from a you know external view, like. Like, we can do this now. We've earned this, uh, you know, people know mm-hmm. generally the references and the moments of these movies. And just to, like, it's quite a quite a uh, flex to just dive back into your own films. And, yeah. Yeah, it was, it was so, pretty yeah, cool. Yeah, smart. To, it's like they have all this existing assets, for you know, yeah. lack of a better term. It's like, this is kind of the perfect time to, to leverage these when you're telling kind of this conclusion of yeah. a story. Time travel you know, story. The, the, 
the first, like, the tone of the first two hours, and of course there's, like, moments of doom and gloom and, you know, dealing mm-hmm. with the aftermath of, of, of the snapshot, but it is pretty, like, light and breezy and, you know, overall not that heavy considering the final hour, which gets, like, very dramatic and intense. Um, but, you know, leading up to it, 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 these movies, it's crazy, like, and I want to get to the humor, uh, you know, about this in, in a bit, but... Um, just it feels like a comedy more than anything else. I mean, people right. like I feel like the reactions that people have to these movies, like the emo- the, the number one emotion is like laughter, right? In a way, and and fun. They are like legitimately very, very funny. I Humorous, mean, yeah. You cannot overstate how important it is with like the success of all these movies. I mean, totally. I've been recently, especially Phase about, Three. Like, phase Three has been the comedy phase. It seems. <laughs> Well, yeah, like Thor Ragnarok is like is literally like first and foremost a a comedy in a way. You know, all the Avengers, the volume of laughs was kind of like unreal. You know, and in Endgame was no exception. And I think it's right. really a credit to a lot of the performances. And I, I want to point out, like, I've been recently thinking about how bad of a decade this has been for like movie comedies. I want to send mm. you some research that I've done, like that kind of. I'm, I'm like workshopping this like tweet that I want to put out that shows yeah. like last decade, which was like unbelievable when you think of, you know, the Will Ferrells and Ben mm-hmm. Stiller, you know, comedies and, and, and Judd Apatow merging and things like The Hangover, you know, et cetera. And like, I feel like these movies have almost filled the void of like becoming mm. in a way like the defined comedies of, of this decade. Yeah. And if you were to hear like, straight audio from just like my theater and their audience reaction you would almost think that like we were seeing yeah the hangover for the first time or like 40 year old virgin or like old school or something it's just Mm -hmm. the the rapid clip of laughs um i could not help but uh you know be really taken by that and you know these performances like you know paul rudd as ant-man is like extremely gifted like comedic actor and yeah you know the scene where he's like attempting to time travel and coming back at different ages like that was a Mm -hmm. super solid bit that's America's ass, like as we said, like yeah. really just like great delivery and smart writing. Um, yeah, the Fat version Thor. of, oh yeah, I mean, well, Fat Thor, I mean that that's like their masterpiece. Of, yeah, like, it's I mean, so funny. He he, I mean, like Chris Hemworth, I mean, like the writing's really good, but that guy, like, he's a hell of a comedic actor. I yeah, mean, for sure. The the Big Lebowski vibes that you mentioned, his yeah. weight, like I I think they did a good job of avoiding his look like in the marketing, like it's never tipped off that like, cause it's clear in the movie, like, man, this guy is taking a, taking a load off. Um, and he's been, at, he's I, been I, at some intergalactic keggers. <laughs> right. Right. Oh, good, good men in black. Reference, man. <laughs> so he, uh, I do love that he maintained his weight throughout the film. Like there was never that montage of him, like cleaning up his act and getting all chiseled. Like right. literally like when he's like battling Thanos in the, in the final 30 minutes, he's like still, yeah. you know, fat. He's still fat. Um, could could we I, be in store for like a Rocky sequence training uh, montage uh, in yeah. the next Guardians film where he's like running on a treadmill and Shade. wearing right. a hoodie and sweating? That'd yeah. be in- that'd be funny. Yeah, that's probably happening. Um, also, wanted to shout out uh, Hulk, Mark Ruffalo. I, I do love what they do with the character here, and I saw some critiques of like, oh, you know, he's just not a, like badass anymore. But mm-hmm. like, I don't know. I I I like the decision of like in between man and beast just like yeah the, the banner hulk uh-huh like this guy he dresses the way i do he's like in a cardigan and like <laughs> right. <glasses> and, <laughs> right and uh the the diner scene you know i could relate to his his wardrobe he's sipping an espresso di- <laughs> yeah yeah i in like just the diner scene you know with 
the interaction with those kids doing the selfies, but also like the uh-huh. portion of his food, like just like the, the platter of eggs, like that's mm-hmm. proportional to his size and just the way they played around with that. There was that scene with Ant-Man and the like tacos being brushed away and him like right. handing them the tacos. I don't know. I, I just like was, was into that. And one of my, fu- you know, one of, of my favorite, go ahead. uh, favorite, uh, funny moments was when, uh, they're, Ant-Man is kind of explaining the quantum realm and like going back to before the, you know, Thanos uh, snapped his fingers or whatever. And, you know, Tony Stark had just gotten back from the spaceship floating through space. And he he's like, are you uh, explaining this as like a back to the future part two or whatever? Um, As like, is that is that your logic for this film or for this uh, for this theory or idea? And I, I just like that they can like understand that they're in pop culture and they're in sort of like right i don't know it's weird how they they're like very self-referential and uh you know reference a lot of other films and other like cultural uh elements and i just think that's like really smart and and puts you in makes you feel comfortable it's like oh we're just like hanging out with these people totally um so the third act and and just tony stark too like He's also his own like comedic talent and just, you know, yeah. brimming with charisma. His timing, and, yeah. I mean, he's such a, I mean, he's, I think, definitely the most talented actor that's ever been a part of any of these movies. And we are, uh, I think, going to miss his, his presence a bit. So I do want to get into the third act, which was, you know, my favorite. It's when the audience really, really got into it. And, mm-hmm. you know, for me, it was like just breaking down a few of the moments that I loved, like... Captain America, Iron Man, Thor, like approaching Thanos. They're kind of like the big three. They each have oh, yeah. their own trilogies. Yeah. Like just the shot of their like legs walking towards right. him, but they're so clearly distinct that you can tell, like, okay, one has a cape, that's Thor, one has yeah. thicker. That was spot, a moment you know, I was and, like, holy shit, like this is cool. You know, there's a <laughs> Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> and like, yeah, they're approaching the biggest villain in Thanos in the final act of this iteration of like 11 years in the making. Like it just, it felt epic. That is the simplest and best way to put it. Mm -hmm. And, you know, at the risk of sounding just low brow, there's just like this 10, 15, 20 minute stretch in the third act of just like awesome looking shit going down. Right. There's Captain America retrieving the Thor hammer, like the lightning bolts, like the audience just scream like ah you know this is is going on (laughs) um all the avenged re-emerging you got i think it starts with like the black panther crew which i think was was a smart choice and yeah you know then you have the guardians spider-man like web slinging back into existence like oh my god the boy tom holland he's okay we love peter parker Uh uh-huh it just got me jacked up and again like a huge roar from the from the audience yeah and say what you will about like the Doctor Strange uh, and his partner, who I don't know his name. Um, you know, like the logic of the time capsules or whatever those things are that they spin around their hands, and you know, people just float <laughs> out of New cool. York City. Yeah, like okay, yeah, that's established. We get it. That's possible or whatever. It's just like cool. They're they're all here now. <laughs> and I I do got to give props to Chris Evans for the like Avengers assemble. Oh yeah. That was like, there was just so much like grit and how many takes of that did they do to get like, yeah, they like David, that was like a David Fincher esque like (laughs) takes for, uh, we need more, more grit, Chris. I I did want to mention, so like I said, I was generally satisfied with this movie and like, I pretty much, I guess enjoyed it. Um, I'm not a huge like 
fan of the comic book genre as a whole. You know, I see a lot of the movies. I I put time into them, but I I just they're not my favorite. And I think this one especially had so many lines of just like cheesy. I mean, it's just like. I mean, it is like you're reading a comic, right? So it's it's like these little they bubbles are, they are on this. Off comics. Yeah, I know, I know, and I guess they they're very successful in that, and uh, you know that's why people love them. But I found myself almost like laughing at how how sort of on the nose some of the lines were, and just like the performances are a bit hollow at times uh, from some of the people and. I don't know. What did you feel that at all? Like this one especially. Just uh, there's there was a lot I don't know of. If I felt it any more than I did in in other know, movies. In any of the any yeah. of the other MCU movies. I think I was in I was into the storyline much more to this one because those stakes mm-hmm. were so high and kind of right. knowing going into like this is the conclusion of something big and I generally like I really like the first Avengers a lot because mm-hmm. I think these movies are strongest when they're pulling together um, just so many like talented performers at once and like likable characters right. that are well written and developed and um, have kind of like giving each of those characters time to shine. Mm-hmm. So I kind of went with it. I, I didn't have um, much of an issue. Mm-hmm. I, you know, it, it would be more of like a macro issue of like that's kind of way like all of these movies are mm-hmm. to an extent. Um, but... Yeah, that's just me being Yeah, like, like I mean, I mean, there's definitely corny... Right. calculated lines in this that feel you know obviously like pulled directly from speech bubbles and the comics yeah. and i just felt like know, i was amazing force yeah i was looking over at natalie more in this one and like rolling my eyes you know just it, it just felt like a little more of that that cheese in this one but yeah whatever yeah. that's that's what people want and they like it so i did um I also liked the moment of like all the female superheroes assembling like yeah, that was heard cool. mixed reactions to this but i i dug it and you know, there's that that stretch where like several characters try their hand with the infinity like gauntlet glove, and uh-huh. I, that was like where I was like, okay, this thing is just like humming along. Like they're yeah. they've been waiting for this moment to do it, and now they they've set it up, and like they're just executing, and like this is kind of a blast to watch. And yeah, you know, well, and, and ultimately wh- that that kills Tony Stark, and I think yeah, and do I, you want to talk about that? Yeah, let's let's do it. So. I mean, I, I, I really like the way it was handled. Um, I think having, you know, I am Iron Man, the last line, you know, that, that mm-hmm. started it all, like I just coming back full circle, I thought was really well done. The father-son dynamic between, uh, you know, Tony Stark, Iron Man, and Peter Parker, Spider-Man is really effective. Like, mm-hmm. and I, I just saw- And we see Tony Stark's to be, dad in this, yeah. Yeah, oh yeah, shout out, you know, uh, I, I couldn't help but just think of, uh, you know, Roger Mad Men. Mad Men, but yeah. yeah so. <laughs> It was, um, you know, it was Stark's death. Like, it, it was emotional, but not manipulative. And mm-hmm. I just thought it was handled with a lot of care. It wasn't surprising that they decided to kill him off. Like, going into this, I was like, I'm sure they're going to kill off uh, Tony's, you know, Captain America and, and mm-hmm. Iron Man. I thought those two. And Captain America necessarily killed off, but his timeline ends in a, in a, in a certain way. Yeah, so and of course, I, Black Widow as well. And I think a lot of the audience knew it was inevitable that he was going to die, but like I definitely heard some some sniffling in, in the audience. Mm-hmm. And you know, this is a character. You know, Downey is such a talented actor, and you really got invested in him emotionally over the yeah. years. He's been in like half of these movies. Yeah, and it was effective. It, yeah, and I, I thought that was really well handled. the the 
going back to like the other death, I thought in general there was going to be a lot more death. And it's funny, mm. like thinking of like the Battle of Winterfell and Game of yeah. Thrones, like that was kind of these all happening in the same weekend. And both the parallels between, like, yeah, the parallels between this movie and that episode, The Long Night, it, it's pretty remarkable. Like it's one of the the biggest cultural weekends ever. Like period. Yes. It, it, yes. There's no doubt. I of mean, our of our yeah, especially in 2019 where like internet and culture and the news cycle like this is was one of the most i mean the spring in general has been insane like yeah in a lot of ways with this stuff but yeah it, it was a, a milestone weekend and yeah it, it just felt like the culmination of these two stories of course uh you know game of thrones has three more episodes and apparently the fifth episode is going to be even bigger uh amelia clark mm-hmm. leaked um but yeah i mean uh it's pretty remarkable that these two events happened on the same weekend and uh, yeah, a lot. There was kind of this general reaction of like, I thought more people would would die, and I think actually yeah. the battle, uh, the long night battle, Winifred was more divisive than than Endgame. It seemed like, and mm-hmm. you know, I think Game of Thrones, you could definitely. I loved that episode. A bigger, by the a bigger way. deal than MCO. I, I I liked it overall a lot too. We're gonna do a full Game of Thrones pod once this 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 season yes. ends up. By the way, so yes, we'll we'll, we'll save all, all our thoughts for that. Uh-huh. The the Black Widow death though, like I thought was legitimately surprising. It felt kind of. Uh, obvious to me that Hawkeye was going to be the one that, that was sacrificed. Yeah. But, um, you know, especially there is a Black Widow movie that has been greenlit. Starring, I know. Starring Scarlett Johansson. It's in pre-production. It's coming out. I, you know, I'm sure it'll just be in another timeline. Right. That's, I, that's I, I did what's not, confusing. I did not expect um, that to happen. And then... I couldn't help but think they were like in some sort of uh, subconscious way. I mean, obviously the the movie is a movie and it's written, but uh, they're like, no, I don't want to be in these movies anymore. No, I don't want to be in these movies right. anymore. Yeah. I'm out yeah. of this universe. Yeah, just, yeah I, I yeah. couldn't help but think that. Interesting. I, yeah, that, that is a good point. Um, I do like <laughs> what they did with Captain America. I, looking back, it would probably would have been just too much emotionally to have Captain America and Iron Man like die in battle together. Right, so like I think formally die. It was die. pretty creative how they handled the ending of Steve Rogers. Well, do you and, think, you know, I mean, does that mean that he is not going to appear in any more films or, or, you know, might. TV they episodes? Kinda, they handed the keys over to, to Sam, you know, who's going to yeah. be the, the next like Captain America. But right. like, I don't know. It felt pretty, pretty conclusive. Um, you know, the scene at the funeral too, I thought that was, it was very moving. And, you know, of Tony Stark's funeral showing you all the MCU characters in attendance. Like, yeah. Not going to lie. Uh, some of those people, I was like, who is that? Who is that again? Uh, well, what yeah, movie I mean, well, are there's they like 40 from? of them. In like, yeah. yeah I mean, Who's that you know. kid just in the background? Like, I don't, who are yeah, these? there's stuff online about who I, I didn't do research on that, but like, yeah. there's some meaning of that, of that <clears> kid, but imagine the logistics of like scheduling that scene. It's like, Oh yeah, I need a 35 of the world's most famous actors in one yeah. shot that'll last two minutes, but I need them all here. Like there might've been like CGI for that, to be honest, yeah. like just given the, the scheduling, I, right? That's what something I, I just John, come uh, to Atlanta for two days, and we're gonna shoot this. I th- I think that kid is. Uh, You're gonna be in a suit, the, standing, looking sad. Yeah, I think he's the young kid from Iron Man three. I heard, um, but yeah, okay, I mean, yeah. don't quote me on that because I have no idea. And then yeah, like mentioning just all of these actors showing up in the same place and doing this. I mean, the list of names is unbelievable. Like we we won't even do that, but it's like something like this has never happened before where there's, there's right. like 40 plus, you know, B or a list actors in the same movie. And they're like all game for it. Um, obviously they're well compensated, but, um, it's pretty, it's pretty cool. And I don't think anything like it has ever happened. 
No, not at all. Not at this scale. I do want to point out, you know, this was, I think, the first MCU movie with no uh, end mid-credits scenes happening, stingers. I thought it was, like, and also in the credits they did this, like, they highlighted every, like, main character with, like, the actor's signature. I thought it was, like, a nice Mm. touch in a way to acknowledge the end of an era. Yeah. I saw the Rousseau brothers basically said that why there was no end credit scenes is like, this is their last Marvel movie. They have like, no, they sounded like they're over, uh-huh. over like directing Marvel movies and they just wanted closure. And yeah, this movie wasn't about the future of Marvel kind of like for the first time, it was about the end of this version. So they thought it was mm-hmm. appropriate to not have that. But, um, yeah, take I, a I break. Do say- take a break. Russo brothers, go, go to an yeah. Island somewhere, you know, go relax. Buy an Island and live there for the rest of your life. Cause you yeah, one of the, need to work again. <laughs> yeah, exactly. One of the Russo brothers had a, a pretty prominent scene, the therapy scene with Captain America or Steve Rogers. Uh, that was, that was interesting. He had a fair number of lines there. Um, yeah. yeah. And it was interesting to see like the, the aftermath of, of the earth, you know, losing 50% of its population. It wasn't, wasn't exactly a dream world, but it, it felt real. I, I, that was interesting. I mean, there were a lot of like leftover vibes to that and, you know, what would happen if all these people disappeared and sort of like the world just kind of stops and people stop going to work and nothing matters. Sports are gone. You know, the Mets stadium was city field was kind yeah, of abandoned there. And, you know, it was interesting. Yeah. Like that was, that was kind of like, uh, I don't know, grounding the story a bit and, um, made, made, things kind of feel more realistic um so i thought they handled that pretty well for sure i want to say just let me hit on hawkeye really quick i just probably my biggest critique of the whole movie is like i just i just don't need hawkeye like i don't care about hawkeye there's nothing interesting about him i've never seen a scene in any of these movies where i say to myself oh i'm glad hawkeye's in this scene (laughs) i hawkeye could literally be in my apartment right now and i wouldn't care i don't (laughs) so I, despite enjoying the execution of the opening scene, like that was like, it's like a little too much Hawkeye, a little too much Nebula at times. But mm. um, I do want to say, and I, and I, um, I know we're, we're going to wrap up soon, two instances of my, of my theater experience. So it was three hours. I was at a theater where they were serving, you know, the pints were flowing because it's night nice. hawk and they're serving drinks and stuff. Uh-huh. And I knew I ha- would have to pee like at least once. My goal was to oh, right. just do once. So I, I right. picked a moment right in like the middle that it was kind of when they were transitioning back into like the 1970s. And apparently I didn't really miss anything, but I go to the bathroom in another screening was, was exiting. Oh no. And this movie, you know, so I'm like ducking them left and right. I go into the bathroom. I'm at the urinal. The dude right next to me is literally just like gushing his feelings about the mm-hmm. ending. He's like, I thought more people would die. They really tied up the captain America timeline nicely. Oh, and man. I almost said something to him, but I, I literally just like plugged my ears with my yeah. You're like, yo, like, I'm I'm in this right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, mid I'm in you know, mid bathroom break, mid bathroom break. Like, and I I luckily just like darted out of there. And then like as I was like trying to race back because like people were still like filing out, they were like reacting yeah. to it. I was like, oh my god, please no. So that was uh, an interesting experience. And then I yeah. also I sat next to like literally the loudest guy in the mm. theater and. I've expressed this pleasure on this pod with people like that in the past, like just kind of usually annoyed by like the way they react on screen in a way that's mm-hmm. like, oh, I'm watching this in my private bedroom. So I, no one else is around me and I'll have no regard for like the just visceral reactions I'm going to have to this film. But like mm-hmm. it enhanced this experience for me. He was uh, kind of like the ringleader of the crowd. Like, are you not yeah, entertained? Yeah. Let's go. Captain right. America, the Thor hammer. Right? Yeah. You know, like, and it was like, it the got enthusiasm me was palpable. Going. 
Yeah. Yeah. We even like talked to him afterwards. We were like, man, you know, actually I appreciate your, your enthusiasm. So we were, we were sitting next to somebody, uh, this, this woman next to Natalie was doing the same thing. Like she was full guffawing at every single joke, like just belly laughter and, you know, bought into every storyline and was emotional and cheering. And, you know, we were kind of annoyed by it at times because it was, she was just like quite loud, but, uh, you know, it kind of it kind of added to the experience, and yeah, I had a similar thing. I I heard about this. I read this article before the movie um, about the best times to use the bathroom. Like, no spoilers, yeah. but here you should go when yada yada happens. And so I read that. I actually w- did not have to get up and use the bathroom remarkably, Ooh. but uh, yeah. Um, Damn, that's like anything else? on your resume. I know, seriously. Uh, I wanted uh, to mention so, just the the yeah. beginning of the end credits. The that was one of my like the most beautiful elements to like the CG. I thought was this uh, like really soft um, light spectrum, like space dust, kind of floating mm-hmm. over the words. It was it was like a tiny element, but something that I noticed and really enjoyed. Uh, yeah, pe- other <laughs> other people probably didn't, didn't give <laughs> right. a shit about. It was a highlight for me. You know, a lot of people they love. You know, I I am Iron Man. Final yeah. Tony Stark. Like I love the space dust in the credits. I no, like a well it, done it, light it's, spectrum. It's, yeah. No. Hey, more power to you. So <laughs> on it, like this is actually like I think one of my favorite uh, Marvel movies. I would give it a final rating of like for what it set out to achieve, like an eight point five right now. I, I I really dug it. Nice. Do you have a uh, a final rating in mind? Um. I'm going to go at about a seven. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's kind of what I predicted from you, given uh, our, our discussion, which, yeah. uh, you know, we, uh, it's okay. I mean, it's not, that's yeah, not a bad I mean, it's you not that, it yeah, that's like a generally positive rating. Um, it, I don't think Infinity I'll, I'm not in a big hurry to watch this movie again, you know, maybe never. I might, uh, if I'm being I, quite honest. Have, maybe never. <laughs> this actually, no, this might have a Blu ray. This might make it to the Blu ray collection. For oh, me, nice. Actually. Yeah, I'm sure they'll package Infinity War in this together. I mean, yeah, but yeah. Disney Plus is coming out, man. Just watch it on your streaming services. Yeah, maybe, but you know, on, we like well, the on Disney Plus. Every now and then. Yeah, 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 me too. Me too. I've been getting so, into the uh, Criterion collections, by the way. Those are. Uh, are you are you in the streaming service for that? No, I'm not. I, I actually like to yeah. own the Blu-ray, and they come with these really nice booklets. Oh uh, yeah, this is, this is a those. topic for another pod, but uh, yeah, <laughs> I still love my physical media. Yeah, we need a three-hour Criterion collection <laughs> yeah. physical media pod, which is available <laughs> for us. So, um, yeah, I think we're gonna we're gonna wrap up there. I also want to say, my God, this new Vampire Weekend record is. Ooh freaking great from a band that only i mean they just piss excellence like they have not made an right. excellent album and i it came uh, out this morning this, currently recording downloading this on the day yeah. that it dropped may 3rd we'll have to talk about it in the future because jesus these guys are songwriting wizards and i love the way they make music nice so leaving you with that as a little, maybe a little teaser to the next episode Thanks so much to everyone, as always, for listening. Spread the word, subscribe, share this episode with anyone who has seen Endgame and hasn't, you know, yet gotten their quota of uh, Endgame content. We know there's a lot out there, but really appreciate if you could, uh, you know, pass the word along about this episode. Peace. Thanks for listening. Talk to you soon.